Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to our milestone episode number 100, in which I was the guest being interviewed by the legendary John Berghoff, who I can count as a longtime colleague, friend, mentee, and mentor, all rolled into one. For this flashback episode, we chose to feature some core philosophies from both me and John. I hope these concepts are meaningful to you as you craft your own philosophies in life. Changing Lives, Selling Knives is about all the inspiring stories of people who learned the basics of sales, leadership, and business through working with Cutco Vector Marketing and are now using their skills and their influence to change the world for the better. The greatest compliment you can pay me is to share the podcast with others. I hope you enjoyed today's flashback and to hear more about my Cutco journey and the meaning behind this podcast, please revisit episode number 100. In all of your career, one thing that I think you're known for is not only your ability to learn, but to clarify what are your own life and business philosophies and then teach those to others so that they then have success. What would you consider to be some of the big, the core philosophies that this life and career has brought to you at this moment in time? Yeah, that's a deep question to, to ponder. I would say that one of the philosophies for me would be the idea that success is not something you pursue, it's something you attract mm. by the person who you become. That's a Jim Rohnism. And it's always stood out to me as one of the most profound quotes or philosophies that I've heard. The idea is that, you know, the things you pursue can be elusive, mm. right? It's like trying to catch a butterfly. It doesn't always work that way. But through this process of growth and evolution and gaining in knowledge, insight, and skill, if you back that stuff up with some reasonable level of work ethic, it tends to work out for most people in a way that's extremely positive. Just this whole idea of attracting success through personal growth has been a really critical element of success for me. Dan, one of the lessons that you taught me that I've appreciated the most and that's been very meaningful is actually the idea of in these bigger challenges, if there is anything we could control, it's not outside of us, it's inside of us, and it's the meaning that we give to those things around us. Anything you want to speak to that? The power of giving meaning, making meaning? Yeah, for sure. You asked me about like core philosophies, and certainly one of them is the idea that we, you know, success is based on who we become. But this one would be the other key one that I would definitely have wanted to share with the world here in this 
our audience in this particular setting is the idea that we can choose the meaning for anything that happens in our life. I'm pretty sure I first heard that from Tony Robbins, who said, nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning we give it. I think I, I can remember reading this in Man's Search for Meaning, okay. the famous book by Viktor Frankl, where he experiences you know, the tragedies of the Nazi death camps in you know, World War II and made it through those times and shared the point that the, his captors could take away all of his personal freedom, but they could never take away liberty. And liberty was his ability to choose how he would feel in any given moment. And he would not ever allow them to take that away from him. Yeah. And I think that's such a great lesson. You know, anytime I'll hear my daughter say, you know, so-and-so made me mad today, talking about one of her friends at school or something. I try to remind her that, you know, no one has the power to make her mad, mm -hmm. right? They will all do things, right? But that she now has the ability to decide how she's going to feel about it. Nobody has the power to make us feel any certain way. We have the ability to take any situation, any occurrence in life and spin the meaning in a way that's constructive for us in moving forward. And that applies to virtually everything can happen to us, even the most significant tragedies that can happen to us. We can learn to find a meaning in it that can help us move forward with a little bit more confidence, a little bit more enthusiasm for life that can help us uh, to overcome those difficult times. And there's always a gift that comes out of every situation. And again, that's part of choosing the meaning for everything that happens in your life. As I look back over my life, John, there's not any challenge I've experienced that I don't look back and see something good that came out of it. And I have a vivid memory of having a meeting. It was, gosh, it was the summer of 1996, John. It was three years before you started. And there were these questions I would take people through that we called dream statements. I'm sure I did them with you at some point when you were in the business. And one of the questions was centered along the lines of, if I could turn back time, here's what I would change about how my life has gone. And I can remember a rep. I still remember her name. In fact, her name was Carolyn Magsalay, who, when she read her answer to that, she said, I would not change anything because everything that's happened to me up until now has helped shape me into who I am. And I like who I am now. Hmm. And I thought that was a really great perspective on how we're going to view challenges after the fact. When you're in the challenge, a lot of times you rue the challenge. You hate that it's there. You're pissed off that you were placed in that situation. But in the end, you look back and you go, boy, some good things came out of that that I needed. Some things came out of that that really helped me. And being able to see that in the moment helps you in that moment to handle the challenge much more confidently and with much more grace, I guess you could say. Yeah, that exercise you just described. I remember versions of exercises like that when you were my manager and I'll tell you uh, an experience I had last night. I was leading a virtual digital workshop for a group of business coaches and they were all down in Australia. And it's so great that you can do this, right? And 
And uh, I led them through an exercise, Dan, where I asked them all a question where I said, when was a time in your life when you had to adapt to a significant change? And there was a second part to the question where I asked them, when you reflect on that story, what are some strengths or superpowers that were revealed from within you that were brought out because of needing to face that change? And we sent people into small groups. And and these are all very successful business owners on this call. And they've been through a lot and they get in these groups. And we had them share these stories with each other. And their instruction was, everybody share your story, take a minute or two. And then go back around and everybody share what's the biggest lesson that you can take from listening to all of your stories. And then we brought them out of these small groups. And I did what I normally do. I said, hey, I'd love to hear from two, three, four, five of you. What are some lessons from your stories? And one after another, they shared. And you know, the first person shared how she realized that in reflecting back on a time, a change she had to adapt to, she found a new gear. It was like she was in fifth gear and discovered she had a sixth gear. And the next gentleman told a story about something very personal and emotional and how he found a new place in his heart that he had never found to be compassionate and empathetic. And then we got to the last person that I called on and he said, Hey, I just want to point something out. He said, you know, I just want to point out that it wasn't until we actually asked this question today that I actually have ever acknowledged A, the lesson from my story and B, the strength that it revealed from within me. Mm. And Dan, I then turned to the, I don't know, 30 or so participants. I said, by show of hands, how many of you had a similar experience? And over half their hands went up. They were essentially acknowledging that it wasn't until they asked that question that that strength and that lesson actually became explicit or real in many cases. So I think there's a, a big lesson in what you just shared that you did years ago that I'm just swiped and I'm deploying now 20 years later that, you know, our questions that we ask ourselves right now are so important and that our questions change our future before the answer arrives, right? Like if if we ask, what can I learn right now? What strengths am I, can be revealed right now? How am I growing as a person? Like, I think what you taught me is that it oftentimes is not until we actually ask that question that the strength actually becomes usable that the learning becomes vivid. If I could summarize, based on what you just said, the revelation of my own strengths or superpowers that have come out of various stories and various moments in my career, one of them is self-reliance. I think a large part of that was born out of me being a kid who maybe didn't always fit in. And I had to learn to rely on my own self for a lot of the things that I wanted to be able to do and and achieve and and become. My parents were a little more hands-off. They worked pretty hard. And so self-reliance was a key trait that came out of my experiences. And the other one I'm gonna I'm gonna say is what I would call willingness. I was willing to make mistakes, I was willing to fail. I've always been willing to learn, ask questions. And um, when, when you put those two things together, I think you have a recipe for being able to figure things out in life and figure things out in your world. And those two things have helped me a lot over the time that I've uh, been in my professional career. That's awesome, Dan. Well, you've helped me. You've helped a lot of uh, others who are still good friends of mine today. And you've helped tens of thousands of folks that I've never met. I remember the first time it was at a Cutco meeting where I heard somebody tell the parable of the three bricklayers and, you know, there's different versions of it. But one of the things I love about the essence of that parable 
and if anyone hasn't heard it, I mean, the, the abridged version, the abbreviated version is somebody walks up upon these three bricklayers and asks them, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. Which is kind of a fundamental search for meaning. And the first bricklayer says to pay the bills, you know, it's a rational answer. It's understandable. And it's, and it's not untrue. But then when you ask the second one and, you know, think there could be three salespeople listening to this conversation who all do the same thing. And when asked, what's the meaning within this? You know, the second bricklayer says, well, I'm here to build a wall because this is my career, right? Very different from the first. And then the third bricklayer says, well, we're here building a concert hall so that one day this music will touch the souls of people we'll never meet. And the beautiful thing about that little parable is it reminds us that all three answers are true. But you know, that third bricklayer is certainly living a far more purpose-driven life and that the, the, all three bricklayers had freedom of control over how they prescribe a sense of purpose to what they do. Behind your head is a sign that says, preceding the word selling knives, changing lives, right? Like, let's talk about that. Like what selling knives is one thing, but the meaning to you is it's about changing lives. Like, why is that important? Yeah, well, that's the name we chose for the podcast because it does have some real significance for me. When I think about my purpose for staying in Cutco Vector for so long as I have, a big reason is that we're sort of building that concert hall or that cathedral in terms of all the lives that are built through this experience. There are so many people, and John, you're one of the finest examples of this, who came into Cutco Vector atmosphere with a ton of potential for life but needing something, you know, needing some skills or some inspiration, a path, a mentor, all of the above maybe, and, and who got it here and who have gone on to do incredible things in the world. I wanted that story to be told and I want to be someone who could be able to help people to change their lives and move their lives in the direction that they want. I believe most people that we could talk to today, they want something more. They want change in some aspect of their life. If we ask people how they feel about different facets of their life, virtually everyone would come up with stuff to say. You know, I want to be able to improve this or to change that or to have something different here. And so people want change. They want growth. They want something new. And what they need in many cases is they need someone to help them to find the tools to harvest that. Because again, that change is going to start with us changing. Life change starts with personal growth change. And so people need someone who can provide them with additional skills, who can help them to establish a vision of what's possible. And I feel like that's stuff that I'm inspired to be able to help people with. And in Vector and Cutco, I have the resource to be able to do that with not just tens or hundreds, but thousands of people a year that I can provide with some kind of ability to move their lives in a positive direction. And so the changing lives theme is really relevant to me because that's what I feel like Vector and Cutco helped do for me, what my mentors did for me. And I feel like I can help do for a lot of other people helping people to develop their vision and helping people to have the skills to move in the direction that they want. That's what really makes me tick. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. 
You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.